something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outweigh fam. I am back with Melissa Giovanni. She's a registered dietitian in Nashville and founder of Balanced Nutrition Counseling. If you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to go listen. We talked about living in a toxic environment. If you're someone that is actively in recovery and you're around all these triggers all the time, you might not, you might need some some tools for your toolbox to help navigate some of that. And, you know, we're going to talk today about something we've touched on before, but I love hearing different experts and their thoughts around it and what they like to encourage clients to do because you never know what little nuggets you're going to get that are different. And we're going to talk about having a healthy relationship with exercise while working on recovery. Because depending on people's recovery puzzle, 
Let's call it that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just popped into my head, Melissa. But yeah. there's different components. There's different pieces. Like there's the big puzzles like, okay, the body image, eating disorder, whatever was making that up. But then there's like the food part. You have to let go of different things. Like for me, I started to allow different foods back in. So I let go of some of the orthorexia. But I was still trying to control because I used my fitness pal right? Like I was letting myself eat whatever, but I still was logging it. Sure. And still obsessing over, you know, if I ate a waffle that had one egg, but I, it made seven waffles. I was calculating the division of that egg kind mm-hmm. of thing, which yeah. is like not a fun place to be <laughs> right, no. at all whatsoever. So there's that, the, you know, those are different pieces to the puzzle. Then there's the workout piece. It's like, oh, well, I used to going to the gym was my buddy in my eating disorder. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, my nice little companion gonna, you know, force me to go to the gym today. Love it. Even though I was miserable half the time. But everyone has different things that they do that make up their whole puzzle. And I think it's very normal. Melissa, you can can correct me if I'm wrong, but to take it, you know, one thing at a time. Like some people might be able to like put that puzzle together and be like, okay, this is my plan. But for me, it was a slow roll. I'm a slow, slow learner and I had to take it one puzzle piece at a time. And some of them, I didn't even realize that they were actually a problem until as I'm actively in recovery, like a light bulb went off of like, oh wait, this seems off. <laughs> this mm-hmm. seems yeah. weird. And luckily I've ha- I have expert friends that I was able to confide in and say, hey, I'm still kind of holding on to this thing. Is that weird? Like I literally have to work out seven days a week, but I think I'm doing it for my mental health And then they would help me unpack that. And so Mm -hmm. how do we have a healthy relationship with exercise if we're talking about that piece of the puzzle? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're totally right that it is a slow process and you can't just like tackle everything at the first go of it. It's going to take some time. A healthy relationship with exercise, I personally think is going to look different for each individual person. So like somebody without an eating disorder, or maybe someone who's never struggled with food or exercise might be able to have an exercise plan where they know what they're doing the whole week. They have it set out. They're going to these classes or doing this X, Y, Z at the gym. While someone who has gone through recovery or is working on recovery, that might be pretty triggering because if X happens and they miss a day, they feel a ton of guilt and anxiety and aren't able to eat that day. So I think it really just depends on the person and what your healthy relationship with exercise is going to look like. And it's important to take time to define that with your team. If you're working with a dietitian and a therapist and figuring out what is that going to look like for you and writing that down doing things that you enjoy, I think is one piece of that puzzle. So not dreading whatever it is that you're doing for a movement is important. Thinking about, is this movement that takes energy, but also gives me energy back? It's not just taking energy and making me feel really drained and I hate it. That's not going to be helpful or a healthy thing to do. Oh, not doing movement that hurts. So if someone, maybe you really enjoy running, but it hurts your knees, that's not... (laughs) I can give you an example. Yeah. I trained for a marathon in college and I'm pretty sure it was for the sole purpose of like, if I train for a marathon, I'm going to lose so much weight. Yeah. And I completely messed up my knee in the process. Yes. I ran 26.2 miles. I did not lose any weight. In fact, I think I gained because I was eating like so many carbs, which carbs are not bad, Sure, but because I was restricting and binging, I was binging on the carbs. So there was no balance there at all whatsoever. 
it just, I had it all backwards. My motives were completely off, but then I was too locked into the challenge and I didn't want to quit, even though my knee was killing me. And I had to take um, like ibuprofen, you know, every four miles, my mom and my boyfriend at the time were meeting me at different benchmarks to hand me more pills. Yeah. And I was just popping them, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this marathon. And it totally backfired on me. And I was miserable and it sucked. And then also another example of that would be everyone was doing CrossFit at some point. Mm -hmm. And I just Mm -hmm. thought, oh, which for some people, CrossFit is cool and it is the thing and it's their jam. It was not my jam. But I thought, oh, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to burn all these calories. And I was torturing myself. And like, I literally think I injured my tailbone because I feel like I have a tiny little tail. Yeah. <laughs> like some people don't have that bone that sticks out, but you know, like boat right. pose at yoga. Uh-huh. I cannot do that because of my bone, the way it sticks out. It feels like a little tail, okay. which I don't know if that means I have a tail or not. Some of my, like my daughter feels it and she's like, what is this bone? And I'm like, I don't know. My bone just feels weird. But anyway, I remember being at CrossFit and I rubbed that little bone, like that skin on my tailbone raw. But I was like, this is the workout of the season and everyone's doing it. And Mm -hmm. this is what is getting everybody fit. So I have to be doing CrossFit, even though I was miserable and my tailbone, my tail bone bone was raw. (laughs) Yeah. Which is just awful. Good example. Yeah. The running, the CrossFit, whatever, insert whatever it is for you. Hey, listener, like whatever you've been forcing yourself to do, even though you're miserable, that's it. Yes, totally. And it's so normalized, like no pain, no gain, you know, like the fitness type culture. I mean, it's super normalized that, oh, you know, just push through it. You'll be okay. You know, that's, you're going to get results if you keep doing it. So unfortunately that's super normalized. And then I think thinking of the other reasons or actually not even other, just like healthy reasons that you are going to move your body. So what are the reasons that we do this? Like you mentioned, you kind of were telling yourself that it was for your mental health, but maybe it it wasn't at that time. Um, but for mental health could be a healthy reason to, to move our body because it feels good. It gives us energy for our overall health and well-being to feel strong. Well, for my mental health, I did think I needed to go because I thought I was going to go crazy if I didn't, because if I didn't work out, then sure. like I spiraled into like, what is going to happen to my body? And I got gotcha, yeah. So in a way, yes, it was for mental health, but what's a mantra or something we can say to ourselves to start rewiring our brain that that is not true? Like it actually is not true. I will be fine if I don't go to the gym. But I don't know if there's like a cuter mantra way to say that. Of like, I, yeah. on the last episode, you you gave us one. So I was like, oh, maybe there's something that we I can know. just keep in our pocket to say, it's not a sin if you don't go to the gym. I love but that. I don't know. <laughs> that's probably not good. I don't have a great mantra for uh, that one, but yeah. that, that's a good one. <laughs> You're not gonna die if you stop training for the try. Right. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I used to do triathlons too. I don't know. Come up with your own little saying, but just know that it's very normal if you're having those thoughts. And that can be the tricky part because you're trying to also, yes, it seems mental at the time, but the freedom you're going to feel once you're able to let go of that is I just want to offer you that there is hope because I know it seems so far off because you maybe have been working out this hardcore for 20 years or more. 
So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part. Let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding. Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear, so if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, and it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far, take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code OUTWAY at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think the other thing to remind yourself, it's not a mantra, but in that scenario, as far as like, okay, I'm going to be so anxious if I don't exercise today, it's kind of thinking of the short-term versus the long-term big picture. Short-term, yes. If we're, the goal is maybe to not exercise tomorrow as like a challenge to, to work through some of the compulsive exercise or over-exercise, you probably are going to be really anxious and we can talk about how to handle that. But in the long run, like you said, it's so much better. The freedom, you feel better about movement, you feel better overall, but short-term, it can feel really overwhelming. So trying to think of like the big picture, a little longer term, short-term, yeah, I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Long-term, I'm going to feel a lot better. And, you know, prioritizing sleep is something that is, both for me, has been a gift in recovery because I used to, if I hadn't gotten my workout in, even if it was 11 p.m., I would stay up and work out. Yeah. But now I have that permission to not. And so I'm able to just, if I didn't get the workout in, even if I had planned it for the day and I was hopeful for that, if it didn't happen, I can lay down and know that I am going to be okay. Totally. At that point, it isn't even doing what you're trying to do. Like the exercise at 11 PM or when we're not prioritizing sleep and you're getting up at like 3 AM to go do whatever, and you've only slept four hours, your body is under such a state of stress. Now we haven't gotten enough sleep. You're anxious about working out and stressing about that. And it's just, it's not even healthy at that point. It's actually doing the opposite. It's harming our health overall versus helping. Yeah. And I think of different weekends where I've had friends in or I've gone to visit friends and I've prioritized a workout. I think if there's something you enjoy doing and you're in a town and like there's a beautiful lake you can run around. Okay, sure. Schedule a run or there's your favorite yoga instructor is in this city and you're visiting. Mm -hmm. Okay, schedule that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where I've been maybe somewhere for 48 hours and I knew both of those days I was getting in some sort of workout and the friend I was with didn't really work out. So then mm-hmm. it took time away and it just was counter to what I was actually trying to accomplish there. But I had to face the music that my eating disorder actually made me incredibly selfish at times. And mm-hmm. because you're, I was very hyper-focused on that and I would miss out on connection because I had to get in a workout. Totally. And that, you know, there's so many like layers to the exercise piece, I think with eating disorder recovery, cause it might be, you know, over exercise or compulsive exercise. It might be kind of like what you just mentioned, more like obligatory exercise. So like, I have to do this. I cannot miss a day. And then it could also be exercise resistance, which I feel like isn't always talked about as much, but where for a variety of reasons, someone might not be exercising at all throughout their journey. And then we have to work towards some, some movement in the future. Oh yeah. No, I don't think we've ever talked about exercise resistance here. Yeah. It, it can show up in a lot. I think firstly, someone who may be over-exercised for a long time. Uh, this is just one example I'm thinking of. They, in their eating disorder, they over-exercised and then where they are taking a break throughout recovery. And then there's some resistance to get back into movement because the fear of going back to that place 
of overexercise or just not finding things you enjoy, or you've just enjoyed resting and you don't, it's not a priority anymore. You don't want to do any sort of exercise now, which is totally okay. I used to um, say often, like, just find a way to move early on in my recovery. I'm like, it doesn't matter what it looks like, just find a way to move. Cause I think I was still doing like tracking my steps, which is another thing that I eventually had to let go of. Cause I remember at night, sometimes I would be pacing from my bathroom to my room just to make sure that I hit Mm -hmm. my step goal before I climbed into my bed. Yes. So it's so weird that sometimes I'd pace around my kitchen just to get those steps. But anyway, it was very much, even though I was easing into recovery, I was still trying to encourage people to move. Mm -hmm. And it's really not my place to ever tell anybody to move because I don't know their full story and I don't know where they're coming from. And the big picture of health was always painted for us that it's like food and exercise. Mm -hmm. And you even posted a graphic about this on Instagram. Y'all can find Melissa, all the foods, S-R-D-S. But you said what diet culture and wellness culture says determine health. And there's two bullet points, food, exercise. Mm -hmm. And then what actually impacts our health, genetics, stress, sleep, access to food, connections, environment, food, exercise, relationship with food, time outdoors, education, access to healthcare. Like there's so many different things going on for each individual and what that means and looks like in the different life experiences that we had. So yeah, you just have to tap into yourself and where you are in the journey. And Mm -hmm. hopefully if you have access to consult with someone that can guide you along even if someone means well, if you have that exercise resistance, I, I, we have never discussed this. So I'm just kind of thinking through how I know in the early days, I thought I was being helpful saying, sure. I wasn't saying go out and run or take this sure. super hard class. I'm like, just go for a walk, whatever you're doing to move your body each day. But I've since learned that actually might not be helpful for someone to hear. Yeah. It could also look like exercise resistance, maybe not necessarily resistance, but just, I guess it kind of is just that word kind of feels weird in this situation, but maybe, you know, someone living in a larger body that feels uncomfortable going to a yoga studio where primarily everyone there is in a thin body. Um, and there's not any like modifications given to fit their body type. So they're not sure how to move and they feel uncomfortable. And it's just a hard situation to, to walk into that and not have, um, someone there to support you and whatnot, or moving hurts in whatever way that they're trying to move. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot of like nuances to, to that piece, I guess. Yeah. So much to consider for sure. Yeah. Well, Melissa, thank you for talking through exercise and recovery and having a healthy relationship with that. Is there any closing thoughts you'd like to add? I think we kind of covered most of it. I think just the the primary things would be looking for things that you enjoy that naturally feel good and and not focusing on it changing your body or or weight in any way. Well, I'll close with one more Instagram post that you put up that was just a cute little reminder graphic that said a healthy relationship with exercise means a day off or a week off or a break from exercise for however long doesn't cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then in the caption, you put not exercising isn't going to cause anxiety if we have a healthy relationship with movement. Mm-hmm. If you can't take a day off or miss a workout for a social event or rest more just because you want to or because of an injury, it might be time to take a look at your relationship with movement and your body. So if that's Absolutely. hitting a chord with anybody, it's okay. You're not mm-hmm. alone. 
it's just time to do some reflection and then maybe have some conversations. Totally. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Melissa. And Melissa will be back next Saturday. And we're going to talk about how to handle ways to recover in a diet obsessed, toxic culture. (laughs) Cause like, yes, (laughs) everywhere you turn, I mean, the diet industry is like a bajillion dollars and fun fact, I used to work at a weight loss clinic in college. Okay. I was was all up in it. I had no idea. So we'll see y'all next Saturday. Bye. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 